because we we want to continue on the thought. If I leave the thought, I might feel a bit guilty because I will feel like I've not I've not hit the mark which I really want to hit. The summer which I really want to hit with this message. Not in the final way to plan it. But I feel like if I don't little bit go maybe a little while as there were times I was thinking, ah, let me just leave the thought and start speaking on another thought, especially when you're visiting ministers coming in. I said, let me leave the thought. But then even the visiting ministers are pushing almost the same direction of where I really want to take the thought along. You know, our business with Brother Robert from Luton who came along and was preaching on deception by marriage. Which along, which as I, again is another side of planting the vine and where to plant it. Because when you are planting the vine, it's not only the true vine, there's another false vine. There are two vines. There's a true vine and there's a false vine. And the false vine is the one that brings deception. So the angle you brought along the message was on the false vine alone. So I was really blessed with this message because I was saying, oh, that's almost where I want to take the message, inspiration to. Hallelujah. Anyway, tonight we just want to kind of bring ourselves into kind of, by God's grace, into a little moment of prayer, a little moment of <coughs> taking our minds away from, from the things of the world. Our song service, if we had sung a little bit eh, longer, it takes us from the things of what we've been doing all week or all days and brings us into a constant question. But by the grace of God, we believe that the Lord is just going to pull our minds and thoughts to, to, the, to the subject. And that is why I was speaking a little bit earlier before I got into the message, because I wanted to get myself into an element of, of talking. If we stand to read the Bible, it's a familiar scripture which I just want to use as a context of our. It's Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. The whole chapter of Matthew 24 lies the seven seals. If you ever want to get a summary, a snapshot of the seven seals, read Matthew 24. Brother Branham, at the end story of the seven seals, showed forth how Matthew 24 was part and parcel of the seven seals. That is actually what he compared and compared, contrasted. Is this somewhere along the way you will find the seven seals being spoken of in Matthew chapter 24. So anyway, we want to get to verse 26, 20, verse 24. And it's a familiar the script that is often read. It says, for they shall arise. So this is meaning that they are not there. This, this is arising. They shall arise. False Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders in so much that if it were possible, meaning that it's not possible, they shall deceive the very elect. May the Lord raise his blessing to the region of the world. Father God, Lord, we want to take this opportunity and this time, Lord, to just expound on the word of God. It's not my ability to do that, Father. I just want to be a vessel, Lord, unto which I'm trusting and believing, Lord, that you have blessed this 
message appointment heart of Father. And we continue our oh, little inspiration, Father, of planning the vine. And Lord, we just want to see how, Lord, we, we can find a way, Lord, that you, oh Father, would come, Father God, and exalt us, Father, into prayer. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is a scripture, maybe this is a scripture that we read about how it's often preached along by many preachers, how they are false Christ and they are false prophets. Uh, Christ are people that believe in the Lord, so they are calling themselves Christians, and prophets are people that teach about what they believe, and they are prophets, they are false because they got a false doctrine. So, I'm not going to expound in the manner of um, so many of the texts that have been, been, been spoken. But I want to start with a quotation which kind of brought me to this thought and use that same quotation to, to help us in a way of, um, of, 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 of seeing how we can uh, get into prayer. Just give me one minute, I just want to get this quotation here. Now, when Abraham at one moment was driving, as he was driving, he, he was with um, he was with his sister, Sister Branham. So they were driving along and he, he, just, meant, he, just, he just noticed a bed that uh, flew and hung on the telephone line. And when he noticed that bed, it kind of gave him a particular thoughts of what that bed usually does. Alright, uh, I'm there now. I'm there, I'm there, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out where it is now. So here's what Brother Branham says. He says, just reminds me as I was coming from Phoenix the other day, coming to Tucson from the meeting, the Spirit of God called my co-just as God who actually told me. The Spirit of God called my attention to something. His wife and I were going along, talking. So, when I was talking to his wife, it's casual as it is. And yet, in the, in the, in the midst of their casual talking, the Lord just started speaking to Brother Branham. And this happens so many times. So many times you are just doing your own natural things, you are not, you are not really there, and then somehow your thoughts are taken aside and you are somewhere else and yet you are there you are there you are talking to people but your thoughts are just far away sometimes the Lord just trying to bring your attention to something and that is why sometimes you should be very sensitive among these very spiritual people because you might even say the wrong thing and you are not away or you might even joke when you are not supposed to be joking or you might even say a statement when you are not supposed to be saying that particular statement and you might not get the response that you want because you are somewhere and someone else is somewhere. Because God's people live in two houses. There's the fresh house and then there's the spiritual house. So if you are not mindful that those two, those two things exist and you're always thinking in the one house, you will be mistaken when the other person is on the other house. Even when I am speaking to other people, I have to be considering that these people especially ministers and some, some of the God-called people, I will be careful that sometimes they might even drop in a word or two from the Lord. So while we are talking a natural, a natural conversation, something might just be dropped today because that person might have been in the inspiration. So you have to be very, very considerate and 
watchful when you are talking to people who are spiritual. And there were brothers were saying, going alone, wife and I talking. And the children were asleep in the back of the car, getting late. Called my attention to a walk. And I watched that walk. A little bit and studied him. Oh, glory be to God. When I took this quotation and I read this quotation, when I was at work, I just stopped. I kind of stopped. I said, what is it about this walk? Because oftentimes, we hear brother Branham speaking about other animals and we hear of the great ego that we, we often is acquainted with. It's, a, a, it's an ego seriousness. But now he's talking of an animal called a hawk. So it's one of the, he says, a little bit, and it started it. And it was God who called his attention to this little hawk. So I also wanted to find out, what is this hawk? I actually went to the internet and said, what is a hawk? Because I, I mean, I, I was thinking, yes, it's a bird, but so many times you don't hear the, that description that is so detailed. So I said, I wanted to find him. I said, I, wanted, I also wanted to study a hawk. And what I found out is what we are going to talk about. He is the very type of the church today. This is what this, this, this is what I'm saying. Now the church he's talking about here is not the bright church. He's talking about the church which is just nominal people. You know, when you are reading the spoken word, you should differentiate the punctuation of it. When the, when the word of God punctuates the church with a small c, it's meaning this nominal church. When the word of God punctuates the church with a big C is meaning the bride of Jesus Christ. So here he says, he is the very type of the church today, the small T, the so-called church. Now, the hawk, as we all know, has lost his identification of his original creation. Oh, glory be to God. Here we're seeing that they shall arise, meaning that these people are not today the original. False Christ. The first original is the Christians who are true Christ. But these are arising that they are false. The first one are true. And they do not use their identification of being a Christ, a Christian, because they are just born to be Christians. They have an experience of being a Christian by an experience of a birth. They are birthed into Christ. Well, it's a false one assumes to be of Christ. Hallelujah. So these false Christ are arising. And they will show great signs and wonders and miracles and everything. And so much as if, if you look at them, you might even think these are true genuine Christians. You do everything that you want to identify them and you will feel ah, these are very genuine Christians. And this is right here now in the hour of we are living, message believers inclusive. But it says, if it were possible, don't deceive the elect. But it is not possible to deceive an elected son of God. So the real point to it is the election of God. And that election is by grace, not of assumption, not of um, use of trying to just claim it that I'm elected. The, your election, even if you are believing to be elected, is proved by the very life and what you believe and how you live and God vindicating it and you also taking in the weight of your day and hour and God showing forth that you are living that life and you, your life also are coming to it. There are so many things that you, you have to make sure of your election and your calling. 
how you respond and react to the words of your day and everything else. So election goes far beyond signs and wonders and miracles and everything else. Glory be to God. But here we see how close a false case is and a true case is. Because if it were possible, you could actually differentiate. If it were possible, you could, you could not differentiate that. But it is, it is not possible to deceive an elected. Hallelujah. And here what he says, he has lost his identification of his original creation. That's a second age. Once he was similar to an eagle, his great brother, hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now we see how he, the, the prophet used this way. He says, once he was similar to the eagle, his great brother. Now when I was studying this, this creature called the hawk, I realized that they come from the same species. Well, by coming from the same species, it means they come from the same family of birds. They've got a particular family which they are called by, and that family, I can't pronounce it really, it starts with an A, but that particular family which they are pronounced by is, is considered to be of the same kind. Now it drew my attention to something that was also considered to be the same kind. You know, when God was creating this creation, he was creating animals one after the other in such a way that one species would be slightly closer to the next species. Like, just like a, a donkey is very close to a mule. Is it? A donkey and a mule, something like that. And the, that donkey and a mule, if they were to breed, they would hybrid and they can bring a mule. No, it's a donkey in some sense. A donkey and a horse. A donkey is very close to a horse. And in their family, they are all under the family of that mammals, which are almost like donkeys. But if you breed a donkey and a horse, you can actually get a seed out of them. They are intermingling and they will produce a mule. But if you were to bring that mule to do something, it will show forth a difference with great power. It will show forth that this is bigger than a horse. It will show forth that it is bigger than a donkey because it's a hybrid. A hybrid always shows forth as if it is the only, it is the, it is the one. So when you, if you are trying to differentiate it and you are going by strength and you see how big, how the mule can pull, you will think, ah, oh, 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 that mule is a very weak horse. You know, from the eyes and the way you are looking at it, you think it's a great thing. But it's a hybrid. A hybrid always does something which seemingly seems as if it is the original. So it grows, it, it, it kind of takes the first step which is not its original. It's trying to put itself into a position where it thinks that you might think it is the original. Hallelujah. So called church today, which is now spread all over the world, has stepped into the Christianity realm so that when people look at Christianity, they think that this is the Christ, this is the Christian, this is the... But in reality, they are not. Hallelujah. This has been going on since the day of old. If you were to look upon Israel and Jacob, Jacob was the shyster, always stayed with his mother. Israel was the hunter. He was the one who was always fighting and going out to catch meat and everything. So when you were to look at the dead, he was going to find out who among his son is the best son there is. 
It's how seemingly seems like he was the best son. Because if he was to go hunting, you'd get a big meat. And the shyster would always be the same with the mother. And this is how it is. People always think that by shouting and doing this and everything, we have become great. But God says, I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. Why? Election. Just by election. Without any reason, by Esau, in grace, he just chose and loved Esau. He loved Jacob and hated Esau. And if you were to go back, even if you were to go back to the times of the Garden of Eden, hallelujah. When they lived, two twins, Cain and Abel. If you were to look at what, what Cain was doing, it's in an instant that Cain was doing the greater part than Abel. Cain was going around in the fields, tilting the ground because there had been a judgment that you out of, out of the earth you shall, you shall eat out of your sweat. So Cain was doing the greater thing, part of it. And Abel seemingly was just going to hedge the sheep. You know? He didn't know, he, didn't, he wasn't taking care of the flowers, he wasn't taking care of anything, he wasn't looking after the garden. But Cain seemingly was doing the greater part. But of their originality, which one of them was originating from Adam and Eve? The Bible says Cain was of the Eve one. Meaning that Cain was not of Adam. But the identification that came out of the evil one, going back to what had really happened, we really find out that there might have something happened between Eve and the serpent. And if we were to go to that particular serpent, which was the tree of good and evil, you would realize that tree of good and evil was actually as if it was a man. It stood upright. It had hands, it had, uh, it had legs, it had a head. And when God was making his creation, he came to a part time when he created a chimpanzee. And after he created a chimpanzee in the earth, he then went on to create the serpent, and then he went on to create the human being. But out of all his creation, all these other ones, the difference between all these other ones to a human being was a human being, when he was creating a human being, it was in the image of God. Adam was very much in the very much image of God. But all these other ones, they were not in the image of God. But the serpent was in the image of another man. So the two, the difference between the serpent and the human being, you could not tell. The only thing that you could not tell was that the human being got the breath, his life into Adam. So he had a soul. But the serpent did not have a soul. And that intermingling which happened between that serpent and the tree of good and evil and Eve brought forth a hybrid. And the hybrid was Cain. And when Cain came forth, he seemingly seemed as if he was the person who was, who was like the first one. And then he, Adam and Eve also met that day. And Eve came the two womb, the two children in a womb, and she brought on the same time Cain and Abel. But Abel was of Adam. And Cain was of the evil one. How did it happen? Of election. God just chose the Abel to come to the, the seed of Adam. And by the characteristics of what Cain did, you could identify what a child of the evil one does. He becomes jealous, he kills, and that's what he did to Abel. Going back to this context of our prayer, 
I just went off track here, but I wanted to come here about this particular animal called the hawk. The hawk is of the same family as the eagle. You now understand how these two animals are so close. But these two things, these two, these two animals are so close to that they all are they all seemingly are like eagles. Hallelujah. Because the prophet says here, his greater brother is an eagle. If we were to go in the study, which I mean is that an eagle is bigger. It's got eight inch of wings. While it's 18 inches of wings. While it's a hawk has got eight. In the way you look at it, if we look at a hawk and a baby eagle, you might think ah, these are just the same. But that baby eagle is going to grow bigger. So the eagle is greater. If we look at what the eagle does and what the hawk does, they're both soaring into the air. But because the eagle is bigger, they can go way up high. Within two, three, four flaps, he will be up in the sky. But the hawk will not go as far as that. He will go up, but he will not go as far as the eagle. Hallelujah. These are the, time, the kind of characteristics that the hawk and the eagle are. There are many, but we will talk maybe as we go along or maybe today or another day. Now, he doesn't fly in the skies no more. This is the hawk. He doesn't fly right up in the skies no more to hunt his heavenly mind. But he's gotten soft. Now, the study says you can domesticate a hawk. People even think that they've got eagles and they keep them in the house. When they are not eagles, they are hawks. They'll go and catch something which seemingly looks like an eagle and put them in their house and then feed it and, and make it soft and feel it and think, ah, I've got an eagle in my house, it's a hawk. A hawk cannot be domesticated. An eagle cannot be domesticated because if you were to be put in a cage, you would want to find his way out. That's how the Bayabanam spoke about that message as the eagle said in the next of how a farmer took an egg of an eagle and placed it among the chickens and incubated it and then that eagle grew among the chickens but when that eagle had and it's grown up and it now it's so wings had the cry of its mother and mother cooing said come up higher come up higher the moment it just jumped up and she said one two it was gone because an eagle cannot stay to be domesticated to be kept on the ground and he will find strength in the air. Hallelujah. And God has likened these children and these prophets to eagles. So a Christian can only find their strength not here on the things of the earth. They'll go and they soar up high in the heavens. And when they're soaring up high, they use their wings of faith. And do the only way to kick off that soaring up, they start off by a little prayer sermon. That's why we are praying here for a prayer meeting. Because when you are in prayer, God starts lifting you up higher. You start off by the praises of God. As you praise God, the anointing comes. As you sing hymns, the anointing comes. And as you and, and slowly, slowly, as the word comes, the atmosphere changes. And then you are so up high until you start entering into a moment of prayer. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh my. I love the Negro. I like those moments when you just get lost up into the sky of prayer. And when you are in that prayerful mode and you are going up higher and higher and higher, they come to a point in time when you break through the barrier where you don't know where you are. 
where you don't, you cannot stop your prayer, where you can just be going on and on and on. Why? Because you are just putting your wings of faith on the wings. Hallelujah. And as you put your faith in the word of God, you are just being lifted higher and higher. Glory be to God. And that is why we call for prayer meetings. Because when you are up in the sky, if you are up high, you can see further. Hallelujah. And it sees further alone because they are able to go up. Right now in this age we are living, we are living under the eagle anointing. Because the eagle anointing is a prophetic anointing. When the seals were opened, we were told that the first anointing was of a lion, then of a man, then of, of an ox, then of a man, and, or then, and then of an eagle. So in this eagle age, we are living in, this is the eagle age whereby we as Christians ought to find our, our knees on our buckle so that we can soar up high in prayer. And in this prayer meeting, we want to ask for God to give us that eagle anointing again. The time that we can pray. Because prayer is the only thing that can connect with God. Prayer is the only thing that can lead us to victories. Prayer is the only weapon that God has given us that is greater than an atomic bomb. Because an atomic bomb can totally annihilate creation, whatever that is matter. When an atomic bomb comes, it will completely wipe it away. But if prayer is as great as an atomic bomb, it will put the devil to be total annihilation if you just pray and get in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Maybe I'm going ahead of my message. Let's just continue on here. The hawk, he hops on the ground like a voucher. He's not a voucher. Because people, I, I also thought that there's an eagle and there are vouchers. But a, a hawk is not a voucher. He's of the family of the eagles. But he's not an eagle either. He's just so close to be a, a, an eagle. Just like how we find the false Christ, they are not really Christians, but they are just so close to be like Christians. That if it was possible, you would not be able to, you, 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 if it is possible, they would be deceiving. Like our brother saying, by marriage. But it is not possible to deceive a, a true Christian and a false Christ. That is why he says, if the legs cannot be deceived. Hallelujah. So like a voucher sets upon a telephone post. No, Brother Branham, I might not get along to everything you said here, but I will tell you, when, when, when this walk go on a telephone post, sometimes they go on a fence. They can't choose and decide where they want you to go. They go on a telephone post, they look this way, they look that way, or they go on a fence, they look that way, they look that way. When, when God made the choice, choose you this day whom you worship. There are certain believers that cannot make a choice of which whether they want to serve God wholeheartedly or they want to serve the world. There are certain people that want to sit on the fence that do not want to make a good, completely sold out life to Christ. They just want to make themselves looking and seem as if they are Christians and yet they put their feet on the things of the world. Until God says you cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. If you are a Christian, you have to make a complete self-out life decision that I am going to be for Christ. Oh, that can be lock, stock, and barrel without any reservations of what my mind, my thoughts, my life, my, my possession, my assets, everything is going to be of Christ. When you are believing in Christian, we used to dedicate everything. I remember even myself when I would buy a bicycle, I would dedicate the bicycle. Everything that I received, I would dedicate it. How many of us are still doing that? 
We need to be dedicating everything, our assets, our everything is for God. After all, we came in this world with nothing and we are going to live with nothing. Everything that we have now is of God. Hallelujah. So if you are not going is being sold out to Christ. When, is, when is, Israel was living in Egypt, it said that we will not live a hoof. A hoof was something that of, the, of an animal. You know, when you kill an animal, you cut it off the hoof. The, Moses said, when you are going to leave this age, we are not going to leave a roof of an enemy. Meaning that they were completely going to be separated from Egypt. If we are going to be a Christian, we should just not say, I'm not going to be a halfway Christian. No, 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 I'm going to be a full, completely sold out Christ, one for Christ. But false Christians, they want to put on. As if they are the ones. Hallelujah. The hope wasn't made to do that. No, he's sitting on a, on, on a telephone post. No, he was made to be similar to an ego. Now, that's just like the church. It was made to be similar to an ego. It should take the place in the heavenlies. But instead of that, it got soft. It don't fly into the unknown no more. Into the blue. No, sir. The church is no more in prayer. The church has lost its desire to meet up and concentrate themselves to prayer. It's depending on its modern ways of adoption, of education, of theology, in some made-made denomination, looking for a bunch of dead rabbits. Now, when I read this, I'm saying, so what does it What? Why, why would a rock go after dead rabbits when it is so similar? To an ego. Now we know that an ego does not eat of dead meat. Because an ego is something which is fresh. The Bible says where the carcass is, there will the egos be gathered. It is fresh meat. The carcass is not something that is dead. The carcass is something that has just been killed. Fresh meat which is dripping with blood. So an ego will eat of the fresh manner, of the fresh food that is coming from God. Hallelujah. But the carcass will go after something that has died maybe two, three days ago. And is now rotting and stinking. And that's what it wants to eat. Now the hope was not meant to be doing that. But it's doing that. It's like a Christian who's not meant to be eating the things that have been said of old in the dead denominations. And now they're going there and they're trying to eat from the justification. They're just live by faith. And they just say, I don't care about how I live, I can live anyone. I can smoke, I can drink, I can steal, I can kill. Eating from dead substances. And then another one says, ah, I live a holy life, I give to the poor, I do this, I do this, I do this. Ah, when you get into the spiritual, when speaking in tongues, I know I may not in the spiritual, I'm not a Pentecostal. When Pentecostal is not an organization, Pentecostal is an experience. You see, they just want you to live out of dead substances. But the true Christian wants to know where the fresh kill is. The fresh kill of the message of the hour. This food that is God is giving in this day. Even when you are in the message today, after the message has come and gone, we still want God to inspire us to receive the fresh kill of today. The message of the hour. What God wants in the midst of us now. And what we are wanting and praying for is an equal anointing so that we can be into prayer. Hallelujah. As an ego. Hallelujah. That's right. Hopping along on the ground now. You see? That's right. A walk. See? That's what tells. The ego hasn't changed a bit. 
Hallelujah. Eagles don't change. An elect of God doesn't change. He's still in the original. A true son of God, a true daughter of God is still the original. Hallelujah. You, let me tell you something which I really like. Just thought about this. You know when Noah went into the ark, he called all these animals. He male, female, male, female, male, female. And then these animals, even the eagle, it was there, male and female, the hawk was there, male and female. There was also a dove and a crow. And the dove and the crow are also of the same family. They almost seem to be alike. So when they when we wanted to find out how after the water it seized and it subsided, whether they could get out of the ark so that they could they they they, they, they be escaped the judgments of God. So now Noah said, what can I send out? To test this, to see if I can live. Then God told him, sent forth two beds, one a crow and one a dove. And of those two beds that went out, the dove returned back with an olive leaf. The crow never touched back into that ark again. It's even it seemed as if it was crow. Why? Because the crow had found food out of dead substances. It was now eating of the dead, i.e. you think that the water, the water had died on the floor. And because the crow eat of dead substances, it was able to, 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 to partake of those dead substances. While a dove cannot stand to eat dead substances. A dove and an eagle are almost similar on that point. They do not want to get substances. A dove does not have dove. If you look what a cow is, it is like a bow duck. You know, when, when you eat your food and you eat something poisonous, the liver cleanses out, and out of the liver, there's a duct that goes out of the liver called a bow, and that cow is collecting all the poisonous stuff that the liver is, is, is gone through, and it keeps them. If you kill an animal, in China, you call it in if you kill a, 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 an animal, the first thing that you want before the, the meat is put, is to go to that bell and cut it off. Because it is bitter. It contains all the prisoners' things. But a cow does not have cow. It cannot stand to take the prisoners' things. So if a cow was to eat the dead substances, it was going to kill it. Because by eating the dead substances, it will not be able to cleanse it out. Because it doesn't have that mechanism to cleanse it out. Same thing to a kitchen. If a kitchen was eat of the dead substances in the world, you would die because those dead substances are just going to kill your spiritual life. And what the enemy hates and he kills out of Christians is prayer. He wants to take prayer out of, out of the Christian's life. So the Christian must learn not to eat of those dead substances. Now why do we find dead substances today? They're all over in the world. They're on television, they're on internet, they're on websites, they're everywhere. It's a dead substances. A Christian wants to partake of the good substances, the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Going for the bad faith of what the prophet says here, he says it doesn't sow into the sky. No, the, 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 the prophet actually repeats himself on that point. He says, into the sky, a hawk doesn't anymore to catch his fresh manna up there. So an eagle catches fresh manna not on the ground. It catches fresh manna when it is up there. Now how does it catch fresh manna when it is up there? When the eagle soars up in the sky, 
deceived from a fight way up in his day. It sees his, his, his targets down there. And within a system of a moment, it flies down and catches its targets. But they walk because he's not prayed up enough, it doesn't see the, 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 the deception coming. But the ego sees its food and goes to, to, to catch it. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's go on. But it depends on what he can find already dead. A hook, John Halley says he's supposed to, to get on the ground. But what an old hook today? Go down along the road, you see the, the telephone wire sitting full of hooks. See if you can find something. Something is killed, some rotten something. He's got so, he hasn't got wings enough to fly. The first thing you know, you go on the ground altogether, grounded, because he's got soft. He don't use his strength no more that God gave him. His special identification was to sail into the skies and watch down from below. But now he gets down below and can't even look up. He's got his mind on the dead rabbits to find out what he can find on the road. Some skunk or people, these are, these are animals, opossum or something somebody has run over. He's not an ego, but he's, he's something like it. Just like the church, depending on his food, education and so forth, dead died, that died years ago, through Luther, Wesley, the Pentecostals and gone on. Looking back for some man-made creed instead of flying up into the heavens. After the prophet is telling us that if you really want to get fresh manna, we have to be flying up into the heavens. We, the believers of today, have to be in prayer. We, the believers of today, have to be seeking God and finding out what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. And we only do that when we are in, in prayer. In the heavens of the way to where well, all things are possible. To him that to them that believe. Hallelujah. Now I look up what are the things that a walk eats and an ego eats? Or what are the things that a walk and an ego targets? Now I will often say ego kills the fresh man. Now there are certain things that it the list was coming down. And everything that the ego feels or no eats on, the walk does as well. So I think so the almost were similar. But then it came time to a particular two things that the eagle does, but the hawk doesn't do. Now the eagle is able to kill a snake, but the hawk cannot. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. An eagle goes up in the skies and he sees a snake somewhere trying to come along for its children, and it goes deep down and kills a snake. But a hawk will not kill a snake, it will run away. Why is it? Because an eagle has got this mother intake that it is against sin. An eagle hates sin so much that it will kill sin. Hallelujah. And when an eagle kills sin, it just hits it right by the head and catches it up and takes it and flies into the sky. He doesn't fly that snake on the ground. Hallelujah. He picks that snake and goes up into the sky where the snake does not have any power at all. So if you are here, you are a true believer, a true Christian who really wants to remove that unbelief in the life that really troubling you or troubling, troubling the church or anything, you have to go as an ego and pick up and fight that spirit of unbelief, that is spirit of lust, that is spirit that tries to hinder you from being a true Christian, that spirit of the world, you pick it up and you take it into the heavens where the strength of that spirit 
is not there. You take it up and go into the heavens in the sky and say, Lord, I'm coming now before you. I am troubled, oh Lord Jesus Christ. My life is not wealthy, oh Lord. I am a sinner, oh Lord. My life is not good, oh Lord. I did this, I did that, I did that. This is the spirit from the pit of hell. I do not want it anymore, Lord. You are picking up that spirit and you are going before the Lord into the heavenlies. You don't go and say, ah, let's say, I can fight the spirit. You fight in the flesh. But when you take it into the spirit, you can kill sin in your life. Hallelujah. You have to really know how to put these things before the Lord. As you put your thing, your thing before the Lord and you are asking for God to undertake it, God starts losing that spirit of unbelief. It just dies. Because they've picked it up and they've taken it in the realms of prayer. Hallelujah! Glory be to God. An eagle eats fish. The hawk does not. Now fish is one of the things that our Lord and Savior loved so much. And when Nico came upon the earth and he wanted to follow to, to look for the people that he wanted to be surrounding him in his ministry, he called fishermen. These were men that were fish, fishing for fish. He also loved fish so much that he would go fishing with them. Hallelujah! But the rock does not like fish. It does not like to fish. And here we find so many of so-called Christians do not want to fish. What is fishing? Fishing is being able to draw and catch what you are cutting. Now if you love fish, you know the techniques of fishing. You draw, you bring in a bait, and when you bring a bait, the fish see the bait, and then when they see the bait, hallelujah, what do they do? They get the bait, thinking that they are about to eat the bait, and then you pull, and as you pull, hallelujah, if they've caught that bait, they are pulled in. But if it's that there's the small fishes, they will follow the bait. And then the bigger fishes will see that there's an attraction there. Something is happening there. There's a bait there, and the, fish, the, the small fishes have been drawn, they follow that bait. Then the bigger fishes will go after the, the second runner. And then you still hang that bait over there. Hallelujah. And when you hang the bait, because now the small fishes are after the bait, the bigger fishes also want the same bait. So the bigger fishes want the same chance to come after the, 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 the bait, you pull a little bit again. Hallelujah. So when you are fishing, you are holding that rod and you feel it nudging. And you just pull it a little bit. Don't check it. You just pull a little bit so that the small fishes fall. And then there's another check. You pull it a little bit and then the bigger fishes come. Now, when the bigger fishes have come on the second pool, then you find out, oh, there's another bigger fish. There's one of the bigger fishes that never chowed. You know, since ah, the small fish is followed, the bigger fish is followed, but that bait is still there. And then this rainbow trout big comes now because it's got a big mouth and now it's trying to eat that bait out. And when you hear that knife of a big kind of bait and you pull it, you throw it out. And then you catch your big fish. Hallelujah. And then what, this is what the prophet said in the first, second and the third pool. In the first pool, there was that divine healing. Divine healing is that to draw the attention of those small fishes. And then you put a little bit, and then there was discernment. Discernment that draws the attention of those that are on the supernatural side. They want the supernatural things, the miracles. 
But those miracles are there for a purpose. Divine healing is there for a purpose. To draw the attraction, to draw the attention. Discernment is there for a purpose. To draw the smaller fishes. But that's not the target. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Them that really love divine healing. Them that really love the supernatural. Who still follow the bait. Hallelujah. The bait of divine healing. Who follow, still follow the third pool. And when they catch on that gap on that third pool, it's the weight now that catches them. That is the bait. Because in the third is the weight and the weight pulls them. Hallelujah. So here we need all of them. You cannot get to the third stage without the first one. So you need divine healing, you need the supernatural, you need the weight. All of them play a part. But how they walk, no all those. When he doesn't fish, they don't like to go fishing. Fishing for lost souls. Ask them, can you go out for, 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 for an outreach? No, I don't want to. You know, it's hard to talk to people, to talk to strangers. You know, you can't fish. Well, an eagle loves fish. And this fishing technique is slightly different. He goes deep, right from the sky, and right, goes deep down into the waters, and goes inside the waters, grabs up a fish, and goes out. And then takes that fish up. Hallelujah! Because he's able to see the fish in the water when it's there. That's how our mother eagle saw us. He just came among the waters of the world, with the world is our many waters, right deep down and pulled us out from the world. Glory be to God. I won't go through through because of our time. And we want to find time to pray. But I just wanted to see how our life should be more of the ego, not of the walk. And the walk characteristics are not the ones that are seemingly ill. Let us be like egos this evening. If you know that you are failing on something and you need to draw your attention to it, it's, it's those same things. Do not, do not hide the things that you are weak at before the Lord. Because you are already weak and God knows it. You take that weak part of you and take it before the Lord. You take that weak side of you and take it before the Lord. You, you go and ask for God's strength to be an ego. So that you can fly up high into the skies. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's just sing that little song as we prepare, uh, uh, as we prepare to pray. The dove is typed by it's typed a typical example or a type of the Holy Spirit. So one thing, I just want the dove to leave this ego home. It's egos. The chorus, if you don't know it, I will sing the chorus first and then you can join me maybe on the second round of the same chorus. It says, I just want the dark to leave this evening. 